Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Episode 25 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. Your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge uh, very much Josh I like to think the Saracens master plan of rugby podcasts I think that's giving us a little bit too much credit no no but it's taken Saracens sticks, a while yes. <laughs> it's taken <laughs> Saracens a while to get where they are and it'll probably take mm. us a long time but we'll get there in the, in the end we will take over yes. everything it might not be pretty it might not be what the neutrals want to see but we'll get there <laughs> I am Lee Calvert I am the editor of bloodandmud.com and he is I'm Josh Gardner of Rugby Show Coming up this week, we will review the European games, obviously. We'll mm-hmm. have a little bit of a go at counteracting some of this conditions equals bag rugby nonsense. Yes. Uh, we'll do the shit good ratings as usual. We will talk about the playoffs coming up and then we'll finish with the loop, as we always do, with a bit of news thrown in as well. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for downloading this, contributing to it, uh, tweeting, and most of all for, as Josh has already pointed out, putting up with our half-assed efforts, and it especially for leaving for leaving your rugby, your lovely reviews like this one. Mm. Rich said that we are an, as urgent and attention-grabbing as Nigel Owens running the line and sensing a chain a chance to get on the television. <laughs> that is incredibly urgent, Dan. It is, let's face it. So, if you are listening on uh, iTunes, please, and you enjoy spending an hour with us, please do just leave us a quick review. A few words would be really, really helpful to help us spread the word. You can get in touch mm-hmm. with the pod, either me at bloodandmud.com or uh, Josh at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Show Watch. Yeah, just you'll take up a lot of characters in your tweet with all of our people you got to get in yeah. touch with, really. So yeah. pick one, really, but it's up to you. Yeah, roll the dice. Right then, let's talk about the big weekend that we've just had, shall we, Josh? <sighs> yeah, the biggest weekend. We <laughs> now you see. Now, in case you haven't heard, it rained in Lyon. It did rain a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, people have made quite a, a big point about it raining in Lyon this weekend. Mm. Um, 
And Saracens are only happy when it rains. <laughs> they're, they're only happy when it's complicated. Saracens did it exactly. What well, did exactly what you expect them to do, didn't they? Of course they did. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, as I've said several times over the last few months, they are the best team I've seen in Europe this season by. Mm. A but a bloody distance, bloody good rugby team. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anyone who can begrudge them the fact that they won the Champions Cup this year because they absolutely deserve it on balance. I mean. The fact that they've won every single game that they've played in Europe this season as well is pretty remarkable as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I, I saw mean, that stat. It's there. That is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. When you think they got to lose an Ulster in their pool as well, I mean. Yeah. And aside from a, a dreadful first half against Northampton in the quarter final, they never looked like losing a game. Not at all. And you can, I suppose, forgive their well, actually their approach. There's nothing to forgive of their approach. That's the wrong term to no. use. But you can kind of, <laughs> I use it to me. You can forgive their approach when you think about, you know, they have lost semi-finals, they have lost finals. You know, it was yeah. about at least first Just getting the job done, first time getting over the line. And also, from a very basic point of view, have you seen the film Casino, Josh? I have. Yes. That bit where uh, Joe Pesci's character has to beat that fella Tony Dogs up. And he's been yes. beating him up for three years, for three days, and he's and you can see Joe Pesci's visibly absolutely knackered because he's been punching yes. and kicking him for so long. And you know, in the end, he puts his head in a vice and gets the answer that he yeah. wants. And actually, from the South's point of view, why bother punching people repeatedly when you when can you just can put just their head in a vice and turn the and handle very slowly yeah. and get exactly and get what, what you need? Want. And that's really what that game was all about the weekend, really. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Possibly the worst game of rugby that I've seen this season, and I mean, to call was it, it a game that of rugby, bad? It's probably be... was it I, that I bad? I think it was. I think for the fanfare and the occasion, yes. I mean, it was just a negative, cynical, unwatchable shit fest. I mean, I get that finals are always tense and they're always risk averse, and yes, it was raining, but like, I just there was no rugby there. Like, it wasn't just. Like when you think, I I know I basic, you know I basically think that the Champions Cup has ruined European rugby a little bit, so I'm biased. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, hands up. But when you think about the amount of money that both of these teams have spent on players and coaches and all of that shit in the last few years, probably as much as any two teams in Europe, to produce a spectacle with no tries, no scoring opportunities. Let's be honest. Uh, and I got, I don't think I can even remember a fucking line break, and that's just like. It was, I mean, Saracens had obviously made it. My, somebody I know went to Lyon for the weekend to watch these games with people he knows who are big rugby fans. He just went for the weekend. Yeah. And he, uh, I spoke to him today and I said, what did you think? You know, And he, he said, he, he said, and he said, I spoke to my dad who's a big rugby fan and he said it was a great performance. <laughs> he said, but I just thought it was an absolutely awful thing to watch. And he's not really yeah, a big rugby well, fan. Now you see the the counter that's big rugby fans will say, yeah, but he doesn't know what's going on. And actually, it was an incredibly efficient display by Saracens. They oh, did absolutely. absolutely they... The halfbacks in particular did a brilliant job of doing what needed to be done. And they obviously had this plan to kick in behind Racing, didn't they? At the best yeah. opportunity. It wasn't even like a big punt. It was just this kind of these little chips behind Racing all the time, as if to say, right, constantly yeah, getting the backs yeah, on there. The heels ball's not going to yeah. go out. Play from there and see yeah. what you can do. And the answer yeah. was they can't I mean, do much. No, and, and they executed that game plan exceptionally well. But like, if this is the pinnacle of the Northern Hemisphere game, kicking the fucking leather off it and basically playing ten-man rugby, and not taking a single chance with the ball in hand at once in eighty minutes, I mean, like, sport is supposed to be entertainment. And and I've got a fundamental like, problem with any performance that somehow mystifyingly makes Richard Wigglesworth look world class. How yeah, the fucking hell did that happen? 
Something has gone. Something's badly gone badly wrong. wrong in a sport I love, where Richard Wigglesworth <laughs> looks world class in a European final. Actually, though, yeah. fair play to him. He played really fucking. He well. played his fuck. He played out of his skin. But I just think, I mean, I know I keep saying it, but like, watch the way that teams in Super Rugby play. Like, not every game in Super Rugby is like Harlem Globetrotters yeah. Trifest, but the difference is that there's, there's some ambition to it. Positive. There's positive intent, and there's a desire to take risks, and by and large, that produces. An entertaining sport. Brian Moore's column today in the Telegraph said, "You know, what do you expect people to do? You know, what it's yeah. a final, Saracens history. What do you expect them to do? And most finals are crap." Yeah, and I, I, I like you know, I like Brian Moore, and I generally agree with his columns. But in this case, I just thought, yeah, from an ex-player's point of view, fair enough. You can probably appreciate this win at all costs mantra, but you can't ignore the fact that for spectators and for neutrals. Yeah, something is supposed to happen. The sport just can't accept. Like we can't expect that the sport is going to grow and thrive if we let this become the norm. Yeah, I t- I and took then... some flack on Twitter because as soon as the final whistle went, I just well that was a lot of shit, and I got a lo- I got a lot of flack. Somebody told me to pipe down, which is fair enough. You know, I deserve to be told to pipe down yeah. quite regularly. I don't have a problem with that. But it's uh, the um, it was. I think what annoys me is is that admitting that you can't admitting it was a shit game. And but also giving Saracens credit are not mutually exclusive things. You can yes, say, exactly. "Well done, hell of a season." I really admire what you do, but it was a bit that shit. That was awful. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing that pisses me off about it is that we know that when Saris need to, they can play with skill and precision. And yeah, they, they do. Like, they have that all condition never, game, don't they? Yeah, they never throw it about, but they play. A smart attacking. They play game. money ball. And they, yeah, just, they play money ball. Yeah. They do what they need to do to get on base. I will do more. That yeah, I will do more, more than, right than I do wrong. Which I suppose is what yeah, it should and, be. And, that, and there is more than one. Yeah, and there's more than one way to rugby win a rugby game. And fair enough. But I just, you think about the sport that you fell in love with as a kid, and like that on Saturday bore about as much resemblance to that as a kebab shop hamburger does to a fillet steak. It was. Like well, I grew up in Lancashire and fell in love with rugby league in the eighties, so it definitely looked nothing like games <laughs> I used, I'm used well, to. Yeah, not even a tiny little bit. So yeah, so but as Ian McGilp said on uh, on Twitter, he said shit. He was going shit early, but he said when I was about shit, the climax of Europe's Premier Music competition being considerably more exciting than Europe's Premier Rugby competition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, he has got a point there. There was a great deal more tension because I mean. Race, racing don't deserve to no, get. No, they out don't. Of this yeah, we're only focusing on one side of the one side of the equation here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the flip side of it is that they lost both of their halfbacks, and Dan Carter was basically playing on one leg since the quarterfinal anyway. And it's in those circumstances you can sort of understand why they were a bit of a directionless mess. But I mean, neither side. They both just defense was all they were comfortable doing. Both sides. But Racing were completely plop in the yeah, semi-final. Well, basically, as soon as Dan Carter got injured in that um, the quarter-final against Toulon, the wheels came off because he has basically been what? Do you think it's a psychological thing once he's in your team? Because they were fine yeah, last they year without as him. good. That's the thing. I mean, they weren't. They weren't brilliant, were they? But they were fine. But it's but once he goes out, they go to mm, being a lot worse yeah. than they were last year. It's almost like this. I played rugby with a lad in college, Roger. He won't be listening. Hello, <laughs> Roger. But he's a. Uh, he nearly went when I was playing rugby league. He nearly went pro, and we we were once thirty eight 
six points up against Newcastle and he went off and we ended up 42-38 down. <laughs> and he was absolutely outstanding, Rog. And 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 it is this something about this psychological thing that oh shit we're going to fall apart now because the guy who's he's, just yeah, that the guy who's holding us all together is kind of not yeah and I do think that's definitely part of it but I mean yeah it was just neither of those two like Rassing were if anything even less at least Sarri's executed a game plan well I don't know what Rassing's game plan was supposed to be because they were a directionless mess from minute one I know and, and, and they played exactly into Saracen's hands Completely. because basically as soon as because Sar- Saracen's it was like um, that defending that Rassing did the other week where they crowd round people and I said we'll try and play from there then yeah. that's exactly what Saracen's did to them and Rassing's response especially once Carter went off was just to play one man rugby one man out yeah. rugby they were just and for Saracen's that's it, a for any team, that's fucking easy to defend. Yeah, but for they, Saracens they, in particular, it's a fucking walk in the park. Yeah, and I mean, I know Machino is kind of the guy that gives them rhythm and gives them, and I don't think losing him after like what two minutes could be understated as. Yeah, that's true. It, you know, he's a yeah. Because again, going back to the player. semi, if if he hadn't played like he played, they'd have been well. Absolutely well, they'd have lost. Yeah, abysmal. Yeah, yeah. Even against the Leicester team that were, you know, not playing great, not yeah. playing great either. Yeah. But the last, the, the last, basically the last eight, the semis and the final have all been poor. Yeah, I mean, and I and I don't, I can't think of any. I, you know, I'd stand by that statement. Yeah, like both the semis and and the final were poor, definitely. I mean, you had Exeter Wasps, which was a oh, Exeter Wasps was good. Sorry, yes. of course it was. Yeah. But other than that, but no, one we... game out of you know eleven. Yeah. And not, it does not a great championship make. No, it really doesn't. And I don't want to do take anything away from Saracens because I've said again they are comfortably the best team in Europe and oh, they thoroughly yeah. yeah, deserve yeah, it. Yeah. But and I fully expected them to win, and they did exactly what I thought they would do. Yeah, and they did. And, yeah, and and, more and the fact they are so predictable and dependable is testament to them. It's yeah, it's 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 the compliment in many ways. And yes, it's, it's not going to be looked back on as one of the vintage seasons of European rugby, but. I mean, perhaps with all the disruption of the World Cup and everything, maybe that was always going to be the case. I don't know. But... Yeah, and it was. It was, you know, squeezed a bit time-wise and all that, wasn't it? And... Yeah, maybe. But I but of course, Saracens now will probably, you know, we're going to get to this later, but probably going to win the Premiership. Probably stand stand astride Europe like a great big despicable version of the Iron Giant, <laughs> with humility written on its arms and the blood yes. of its enemies and things like that. Yeah. So good for them, I guess. I mean, good for honest, them, I guess. It was quite the weekend for negative anti-rugby, what with Montpellier doing their very best impression of South Africa circa 2007 on Friday night as well. Um, well, given that they've only got two French people in the team, well, it's exactly. quite an easy impression to do. Yeah, most, most of the pack probably were in that unwatchably <laughs> negative Springbok team, don't forget. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't deny that Montpellier was a much, much better team than Quinns on the night, I thought. Um, I think it would have been a bit of a robbery if they'd lost. Um but unlike Saracens, who were clearly the better team and they didn't really do a lot with it, at least Montpellier scored some tries on top of all that. To be honest with you, that game, they kind of made Racing and Saris look like the 73 Barbarians at times. It was, mm. you know, at least they actually did something with it. I mean, Quinn's comeback was pretty stirring, but there just seemed to be a, a real lack of form and a lack of conviction. I just didn't, I didn't believe that they were going to do it. No. It was even hard to believe they were going to do it when their fly half booted the ball away. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was yeah. Dearly. That was one. Of, that is one of those ones in the debriefing room afterwards. You know, mm. it's, you know, I'm not angry, Ben. I'm just I just need I need really to understand. Confused. I need yeah. I need you to help me understand 
Show me on the dolly where you decided to kick the ball. It's like and why? It's genuinely one of the most hideous and inexplicable decisions that I've seen in the history of rugby. Like people have compared it to that um, to Ogara's awful Gary Owen in the second Lions test in two thousand and nine, but no, it's much worse than that because like Ogara, for one. Like terrible decisions, it was. He was clearly badly concussed at that point. It's so. not. I, I I see your Ogara Gary Owen and raise you Ogara's cross kick versus Scotland. Yes, which is the single most bizarre and hilarious <laughs> kick in the history of rugby. I mean, come and on, and lost his team the game. Yes, I mean basically this was the same thing, but it was somehow worse because, <laughs> like, I don't know. It was like some people have suggested that he was attempting a cross kick and it came off the outside of his boot. But if that was the kick, that is one of the worst spannerings I've ever seen. <laughs> Because yeah, he, yeah, that he doesn't make it any it better. Into the yeah. twenty-two, like it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, the look on Jamie Roberts's face in the video when he sees where the ball has gone was just stellar. It was Does just. He... Doesn't he actually mouth? What the fuck did he kick I, it for? I think basically like yes, <laughs> um, and rightly so because I'm not sure there's anyone on planet Earth, including Ben Bottica. Let's not beat around the bush here. Who has any idea what went wrong there I and did. what happened there? I mean, it was madness. When you saw his face and his, his head going in his hands, did you think, oh, you oh, poor bugger. Mate. It's easy to kind of really have a pop at him. And go, yes. you know, we all have, but he's just you know, we've all made colossally bad decisions in our lives. But And, uh, mm. and that was one for him. But it's not the first time he's done it either. He oh, did no, it it's not. Northampton, yeah. I mean, it's kind and of it's clear why he's he's never really caught on in Quinns in the way that you'd have expected him to for a player of his talent because he has I'm not convinced by him of, at all no well he wouldn't be because never what been he's convinced. done no but I mean but even without all that just no. his general play I think is completely flaky and yes in large I think you said pointless. That, you said on the blog he's very Shane Garrity-esque and I think you're very right in that regard it's like he has he's got all the talent in the world and but yeah he's missing that thing and what his dad had which is Composure under pressure, I think. I'm going to sound stupid now. Who was his dad? Uh, Frano Botica, wasn't he? Was he? Wigan, yes. Wigan. Ah, I was going to guess Frano, but I didn't want to sound stupid. I didn't know Frano Botica was no. his dad. Yeah, Speaking of rugby league, he actually, the way he plays Ben Botica, he reminds me of a rugby league scrum half. Mm. That kind of nippy, dodgy style. Yeah. And would actually, and, and, and having to be able to hold the ball a bit longer, he might be able to. Be a bit better in that, but that's just me. Yeah, maybe, maybe he should probably. You know, it's probably bit a conjecture bit now, but yes. But he's off to Montpellier now, where he can. Yes, he is, where he'll be very popular. <laughs> can, yeah. Until he does that for them, then he will. The be one in, I think the one in Northampton is even worse. I mean, I mean, the. Oh, I don't know. The one, one of the, <laughs> I the one the weekend, they weren't going to score really. He was just giving probably it a bullshit. No. He was trying to give it a Hollywood job, wasn't he? And yeah. you could try and go through eighteen more phases, like they did. Was it the Heineken Cup that they did it in once? Harlequins. Who was it against where they did 22 oh, phases and injury time Uh-oh. and then Nick Evans dropped the goal and they won? Uh, Munster, did, Munster did that against Sale a few years ago. Did they? Like, I remember Harlequins yeah, was... did it, Nick Evans did it because it sounded yeah. like Stuart Barnes was having a heart attack. <laughs> the thing. Unfortunately, he wasn't, but there you go. The, the, yeah, so I forgot the point I was going to make now. What was I saying then, Josh? I went off on a word. Uh, I think you. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Northampton worse. When yeah. literally he caught the ball. Mm. And all he had to do was touch it down. Yeah. And it won the game. And instead mm. he tried to kick for touch and missed. And obviously Northampton came back and scored. It was, yeah, I mean. Awful. Yeah, it's it's, it's not been a great year for him. <laughs> that's, it's that's... not. And maybe, maybe you know, 
fresh fields and all that, he may be a little bit better. But I remain very unconvinced by him for all his his his, his stepping and the the snazziness. Yes, he's one of them, isn't he? Right then. So one thing we're going to talk about now, because there's mm. a lot of people making the point that what did you expect in the rain? Yes. So I thought, well, can we think of any games that we can remember or can we can find that were in the rain and yeah. were actually showed a bit of ambition, some decent rugby? Yeah. Um, well, we don't have to look very far because the first one was Lions <laughs> versus Blues. At yes. The weekend. It, which was in the driving torrential rain in Johannesburg. And in spite of that, um, the Lions, they won 43-5 and they played with verve. They played with precision. Elton Jantis was fucking brilliant at 10 yeah. and they scored some really nice tries like really and, good yeah. and Yanches was, was at 10 was standing quite flat and a very long way away from his scrum half yeah. most, most game and actually scrum half was fizzing the ball flat at him mm. and uh, and he was he was holding the ball he was doing it quite it was a little one-sided you could yes, argue and, it and was... it's not it's not a final I accept all that but it it's certainly not... Kai Bosch's the idea yeah, that you can't play rugby just because there's some moisture in the air. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a big game, it, you know, and the Lions are, uh, were much, much better than the Blues. But it just shows you don't have to give up on rugby when there's a bit of moisture in the air. You know, it's yeah. like there's no doubt that it makes it a much harder game. No one's denying that. But like the way it's been used to whitewash how sort of negatively and shit that ge- game was, it's just been ridiculously overblown. Like, yeah, you, you don't have you... to give up. You emailed me when we started talking about this and said, you know, and it was a very, it was a very snappy, uh, pithy point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the weather had nothing to do with that shit fest of anti-rugby at the weekend. Yes. They made a very deliberate decision, and yeah, I understand why. Totally. I understand why they did. I'm not but taking don't it pretend, away. Yeah, don't yeah. pretend that it's rain. It's because it was raining. No, remember um, World Cup semi-final this year, uh, last year rather, All Black South Africa. I mean, that was one of the few games in the World Cup that was played in a downpour and it was shit conditions and. I mean, yeah. South Africa were playing negative, hideous anti-rugby, but the All Blacks kind of, they stuck to their principles a bit and they scored a couple of decent tries and they managed to just about win the game because they didn't sink to the Springboks level. I mean, yeah. the, I don't know if you remember, the World Cup 7s a few years ago in Moscow, that, that was probably the worst conditions I've ever seen rugby played in my lifetime. Like, there was so much water on the pitch, it looked like, because it was on the, in that Luzitsky Stadium where they played the Champions League final back in 2000. Yeah. Nine, which is an artificial pitch, and it looked like the players were water skiing at times when they were running through the rain. It was ridiculous, and yet, like New Zealand in yeah. particular, but all of them, they were still throwing it around, and they were still playing good rugby. I mean, like, sevens is sevens. However, yeah. it's just another demonstration that you can still pass and catch the fucking ball if you want to. Yeah, and I sort of, I got a, my bee in my bonnet a little bit about this, and I sort of went back and looked through the archives, and you got to look at New Zealand, Australia, nineteen ninety six. Uh, Arguably one of the finest Bledisloe Cup performances ever. Um, All Blacks ran out 43-9 win- winners in absolutely hideous conditions in Wellington. It's on YouTube if you want to have a look at it. Um, I mean, that All Blacks team was incredible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Jerry Lomu, Christian Cullen, Michael Jones, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall, Zinzan Brook. Not bad. Um, Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and they demolished Australia like they were playing a training match on a rock-hard seven pitch on a warm afternoon. Um, and it's... You look at some of the tries and the, some of the handling that's involved, and you just think, well, yeah, you you don't have to do the yeah. easy, obvious, negative thing. You can just carry on playing rugby if you want to. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, that's Josh's cat making a guest appearance. Yes, there on, very occasional. Just when a, you think we couldn't get any more unprofessional, indeed, there is now a cat a, chip in. There is a guttural howl from the bottom of my stairs. Mind you, um, cats always uh, meow when they hear. 
Christian Cullen's name. It's a yes, plaintive exactly. meow into the ether. <laughs> yes, what exactly. a wonderful, wonderful player he was. Exactly. They basically long for days when players <laughs> have that, that freedom to take the field again. But yeah, it just, you know, th- there are plenty of examples when you think about rugby history where teams that actually stick to their fucking guns and they play rugby the right way, it mm. it actually it can still work. It doesn't have to. You don't have to just kick the leather off it. And I always come back to what you know. What is what is club rugby for in particular? It's, I think, and the whole certainly in England, it's set up, and certainly in Wales, it's set up that you breed the type of player and type of game plan that can win international games and win exactly. a World Cup. And exactly. to win a World Cup, you've got to beat New Zealand. Mm. And chipping the ball in behind New Zealand, like Saracens did this weekend, and saying play from there, then they're mm. going to go all right then. Yeah. And you're going to find yourself in the shit probably. And that's the thing, that's why Warren Gatlin's had so much criticism from, you know, so many fans, is that he plays a game plan that works remarkably well for Wasps at club level. Mm. Um, and, he's, and don't get me wrong, he's had a lot of success with it at international level as well. But there is that sense that when it comes up against real quality, it's just not good enough and it's not developed enough. And it, it's yeah. lacking that extra little bit of percentage of skill and unpredictability that that yeah. it's you know that's the difference at test level so yeah okay one last game then in the rain uh, yes I've got one last and that you've got to really go back now and that is uh, <laughs> New Zealand again Kel Surprise against Scotland uh, back in 1975 at Eden Park the game that was uh, known as yes. the infamous water polo test um, because the pitch was quite literally ankle deep in water because, places because they were all on horses yes no. and that too I mean it was this the game was very different in those days. I don't know if you ever watched it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the game wasn't called off because Scotland were flying home the following day, but there were actual concerns before the game that somebody might get pinned at the bottom of a ruck and drown. I mean, again, you can find footage of it on YouTube and I implore you to watch it because it's fucking remarkable. Can you imagine if they had like, the TMO then? I know, it's just like... Can you just how... check that he suddenly wasn't trying to drown in there that last <laughs> yes. phase? He boy. definitely held his head under the water for about four or five seconds. Um... But yeah, I mean, even so, like All Blacks stuck to their principles. They won twenty four nil, and some of the tries they scored were really good. <laughs> like, I have seen it on Twitter. Yes. Yes, it's just, I mean, it's proof positive again that conditions don't have to limit your ambition. The only thing that limits your ambition is your, your ambition. Lack of ambition, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We're not having it. No. You can play decent rugby in the rain, all, but you know, it's it's not easy. No. But Please it's, don't use that. Wasn't why Cyrus has played the way they did. They played the way no, they did because they wanted wasn't. to win, and that's a very good reason to do it. Don't get us wrong. Absolutely. Don't, don't make excuses for them. If that's the excuse you are going to make for them, exactly. A, but they are a bloody good rugby team, and I have they to are say, a fantastic rugby team. I don't like them, and their kit is appalling. But uh, they, <laughs> they do. Um, it was. I did have a little. I felt a little bit of warmth, and I saw them all cheering at the end because they have come a long way, and they have been disappointed. And all of that malarkey. Yeah, and you can't sort of sit there and say, you know, they are, like, they might be some annoying characters in that team, but they are as honest as the day is long as far as, you know, they work hard, they clearly work for each other, they're a really good, really solid, really committed team. And, yeah, like, I dislike Sarish profoundly, but, like, I couldn't really begrudge him anything on, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. There was quite a lot of fez action though in the crowd. Yeah, I was they kept zoning. Just... They zoomed in on one woman particularly, 
It was very excitable <laughs> under the fez. Oh, that's not like a professional sports cameraman person, is it? No, not at all. No, definitely not. Right. Yo. So that was uh, the review of the European weekend and us hmm. debunking the raining uh, nonsense. And let's have a look at the shit good ratings then, shall we? Let's. Josh? Do you want to start with shit or do you want to start with good? I'll start with good because it's on the top of my paper here and I can't move on to the next page. No, um, no, the good for me, I caught the Sunwolves at the weekend mm. who uh, who drew they did. Stormers in Singapore. Yes. And it was quite it's a just... few people there as well. Yeah, well, I mean, for starters, they did not lose a game, which, I mean, no. granted, they did throw what away would have been their second ever win by conceding after the clock was past 80 minutes but still like given how it's but did you see the size of those fuckers that the Stormers brought on at the end I mean it hardly seems fair they brought on a bloke that was basically he looked like the monolith from 2001 (laughs) with a blonde spike who just basically just got threw himself at the the, the poor bastards trying to defend their line in the 81st minute whatever it was it's horrible isn't it It, and it is unfair it doesn't seem like unfair (laughs) it genuinely is unfair but yeah, but I mean, when you the watch draw. them play, I mean, they they play what Alan Partridge would call liquid rugby. I think they do. They really and they do. Like... Their catch, the way that they, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous to say this is such an unusual thing, but it is really. They they catch and pass at full pace in one mm. in one stride. Yes, it's, it's that the, sort of it's like it's rocking the, the baby almost. Yeah, isn't it's that it? yeah. training drill that we all used to do at training and get horribly <laughs> wrong. Yes, because you couldn't, because you can't get your arms in the right position and stuff no. like that, and it, and it is really hard to do. And, yeah. and, they and quite often it. they get it wrong, but they kind of yeah. don't care. And I quite, I find that very, you know, and they're not frightened of that charming. inside ball as well. They've got out, no. out in, you know, and, and yeah. the, the angles they run are really lovely as well. And it's, you know, and and they've been a really, I mean, aside from the, the hideous, nightmarish, human-handed, rapey wolf, <laughs> I mean, they've been they've yeah. been a very welcome. The fans are quite colourful. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it all sounds quite patronising stuff, but it's no, not. But they've brought something to the tournament. They really exactly, have. and they've brought a new flavour to rugby, which, given that rugby is quite a sort of insular sport, as far as the, the cultures that are involved with it go, it's really nice to see something a little bit different become... You know, it's the same with the Argentinians becoming like a mm. bigger part of the sport. And, you know, it, it adds something to... To the mix of rugby to have this thing. Rugby shirt watch had the proper, proper full official rundown of the of the kit. Exactly, the and then they draw on the, they draw on the week the day after. I mean, coincidence? I think. Will not. you be getting one, Josh? Will you be um, being sent one by Canterbury? I, I don't know if I'll be being sent one by Canterbury. I guess that depends on how nice they're feeling. But um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, any word? No, on, any word on the Haguara shirts coming over to you? No, this no, the last I heard on the Haguara shirts. Why which... hasn't the head of Argentinian rugby emailed you again? I don't know. I thought you had a hotline straight <laughs> I, to I, him. I, I did have that hotline thing. Um, but he yes. just yeah. I, I, apparently that they've they've sold like hotcakes in Argentina, and they were only making so many of them because they only have. I reckon they are so sexy that Argentinian men are probably buying them for their wife to wear in the bedroom. They almost certainly are. Let's be honest. Uh, speaking of the Haguaras and the sexiness, um, mm. they lost again at the weekend. But <laughs> yes, they did. But it wasn't the fault of their scrum half Martin Landajo, no. oh, who was outstanding. He is. he is seriously like. He is arguably one of the top three or four nines in the world at the moment, I'd say. Like, every time I watch him, he's just electric. He's brilliant fun. He was great at the World Cup. He's been equally brilliant for the Haguaras. Yeah. Yes. What have you got on your good list there? Uh, I mean, 
Okay, I won't start with the boring ones, but Jesse Mogg, um, Montpellier fullback, come on the sub, score two tries, win a final for your team, done. Um, it speaks... An Andy Goodesque performance off the bench. <laughs> well, exactly, but um, it speaks volumes to how stupidly deep Montpellier's squad is that a player of the talent and pedigree of Mogg isn't even in the first fifteen. But yeah. Fair play to him. His first try was a beautiful, lovely score, and the athleticism and the control that he had to score that second try while basically sort of being pirouetted in the air by Jamie Roberts was was very impressive. Yes. Um, other goods, I mean, boring, boring, boring. But yes, Owen Farrell, obviously, <laughs> yes, it was unwatchably shit at times. But on an individual level, you've just got to admire the way that he absolutely bossed that game from start to finish, like. He was yeah. told to choke the life out of Racing with his tactical kicking, and that's exactly what he did. You do um, what your coach tells you, don't you? And he, exactly. Um, he's, it's going to be interesting. This has been his... I don't want to use the term breakthrough year because he's, he's broken through before, but this hmm. has been his, 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 his maturing year, I suppose. And he's he's become the best fly half in Europe. I think nobody can argue about that anymore. Yeah, I think yeah, he's It's going to be really interesting to see what happens next. One, what, how he does for England on tour. Mm. And two, how he, how he kind of... Carries because nobody expected him to be this consummate this year. No, but they will expect him to be this consummate next year. Now, exactly, and it'll be fun to see how he carries it. I think he's got the stones to pull it off, to be honest. But yeah, um, his self belief, I mean, is never going to be in doubt. The problem that I think is always going to come back to haunt him is his discipline. Because mm. I mean, he was quite lucky, to be honest, to he was not, very lucky to, yeah. to not get yellowed for that high tackle, and he's only just come back from a ban for a dangerous tackle, and it's he plays on the edge, and he's clearly far too prone to going over it and he's not really showing any signs of that edge leaving him anytime soon so, I yeah. can never understand how fully grown men can still lose it like that yeah it's weird isn't it especially somebody I mean you need a bit of it you've got to have a bit of anger to make you be good and all that yeah, kind of stuff. but exactly. I can never quite understand it really you've not managed to get this under control especially when you've been a professional sportsman since the age of 17 yeah. which he has you know, he's been in the environment long enough not exactly. to you know, not basically just, completely lose his shit every half an hour. Not just know. that. This is a man that has the control and self-discipline to bang over 21 points in a European Cup final. You know, he's clearly got control and discipline and the ability to sort of I centre himself he, and he focus. He obviously wants to do it, doesn't he? Yeah, he wants to be a he bit chippy. To, yeah. And I guess if you... if that's the reason that you're doing it not because you lack control then you're always going to do it and it's always going to be a bit of a problem going back down south again mm. uh, the Highlanders oh god they were brilliant did you have you seen, here's some stats on the weekend right yeah the Highlanders made and missed twice as many tackles as the Crusaders they carried less they mm. beat fewer defenders made fewer passes and only had 35% of the ball and they won 34-26. I know. And the Crusaders, like, fair play to the Crusaders, particularly in the first 20 minutes or so, they were fantastic. I mean, they, they were lacking precision and they weren't as clinical as they should have been and they missed a dolo. But, like, for a game that was like a ding-dong, massive sort of New Zealand derby with huge implications for the season, given that they're the two teams sort of duking it out at the top of the Super Rugby standings, it was all played without a hint of any sort of fear or any mm. kind of hesitancy. I'm not going to underline the point too much because we've already covered it, but yeah, a reminder that high stakes rugby does not have to be dull if you don't want it to be. Egretta on Twitter said, Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car 
and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. And then it was the best game of the year. I mean, it's definitely one of them. It's one of the best it's games. It's very good, was, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was very, very good. Um, Hurricanes versus Chiefs was good the other week, but that yes, was, this it was is right very good. Um, other goods for me, Marowitoje. I just, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> we don't like him anymore. Honestly, like I, I didn't. I thought that was one of his less superhuman performances. So did um, I actually. So did I. Ridic- like by his stupidly ridiculously high standards. But yeah, I thought he was for him a bit ordinary. But he still won man of the match, and then he won European Player of the Year at nineteen on uh, Sunday. So yeah, he's it's ludicrous. Be, yeah, he is just it's unbelievable, be unbelievably good. Believe the hype. Yeah, but the hype is was not even appropriate to how good he was, um, which is saying something. Matt Cunningham on on uh, Twitter, Slice Serrano, as his Twitter handle is, pointed out, and it's a very good one to be a person based in North Wales myself that. Uh, RGC fourteen oh four, the North Wales region, if you like, mm. have uh, beat Glynneath nineteen uh, seven on Saturday, and have become the first team from North Wales to ever be in the Welsh Premiership. Yes, which I think is is fantastic news, and it's it's about time that North Wales had a bit more representation at the sort of sharp end of Welsh rugby, and and it could only be a good thing for the sport. I think, um, yeah, and also to Ebervale as well, uh, they won. The Premiership in style on Sunday by demolishing Pontypridd thirty-eight twelve at Sardis Road, um, which, as somebody who doesn't really like Ponty, found that quite amusing to be honest with you. But isn't um, Abu Vale the cheapest place in Britain to buy a house? Or something? <laughs> I would not be surprised if that was the case. So it's I'm glad a, they've had, they've got something to improve themselves. I mean, up. No, no disrespect to you, Abu Vale. If you're from there, you'll know. But Abu Vale is a fucking shithole. So, as you say, it's it's a very nice place. I also read today that Crumlin in the Newport mm. Valley has yes. got the most polluted high street in the country. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the, the only place that's got a higher polluted pollution reading than Crumlin is Marlebone Road in London. That is fucking remarkable. Because <laughs> apparently millions of trucks go through it and buses at a certain uh, time of the day. And there's loads do, of terraced yeah. houses on it and loads yeah, of kids are so dying from... Like... From oh, good. sauce poisoning, which is nice. Brilliant, yeah. Which is this, nice. This... <laughs> Poor buggers. Hmm. So uh, and now, keep... of course, since that was in the papers today, the yeah. value of their houses have gone down about thirty percent. Even more, so. yes. Good. That's what they needed. Um, so, on such happy note, then, <laughs> my final good um, is the tale of Junior Paolo. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, I didn't go on. Junior Paolo is a player for the uh, Parramatta Eels in the NRL who got into a bit of hot water this week when he was found to have moonlighted for a Sydney third grade rugby union team, Oatley, in disguise and under a fake name. Um, <laughs> yep, so the 34 year old. So the classic, like, ridiculous lower level yes. ringers thing, but it's a yes, professional player. Yeah, he's 34 years old, he's 6 foot 4, 19 stone, and a Samoan international. And his um, his revolutionary disguise was to don a scrum cap and then use a pretend name to uh, <laughs> turn out for a game for Oatley, who happened to be coached by his brother-in-law. Um, 
which so that because really... he, as you say he's not conspicuous in any other way yeah. is he apart and it, from it, it... and it was for this park game against Beecroft I say that again a park game it was literally played in a park so did the coach and Paolo honestly think that somebody might not notice that the massive incredibly good new bloke looks a bit like that famous local rugby player that the coach is related to but wearing a scrum cap it's just uh, he's been apparently the Eels handled it in house which I imagine them were saying you're a fucking moron mate don't do that again but the coach um, for falsifying the player registration things and everything's been banned for a year so uh, bloody hell yeah Mind so, you, you've got to admire his balls, which I imagine yes. the, the opposition were doing when he was trampling over the top of them regularly <laughs> yes, and they were staring exactly. up his, his jacksie. Yeah, did they not? I think they didn't win that game by a lot either. He came on as a substitute. I think they won something like 21 17. So. Anybody who's, who plays at a park level, which I did, mm. right, and plays against somebody who is of that kind of level. I once played uh, a game against a lad who used to play prop, who was an ex rugby league prop mm. pro. And it's the way they run. I can't get your head... It's hard to explain. The way they run, they run upright and they run with their knees up like a sprinter. Yes, and that But hurts. like they are 19 <laughs> stone and you're somehow trying to get your arms around this thing when you're, you know, frankly a bit shit anyway. That's why you're playing part rugby. Yeah. And it really is quite miserable. So I'm not surprised they grasped him up because it's well, just it's bang out of order. <laughs> exactly. And, and just, yeah, just it's, I think they, they called it remarkably stupid, the... Uh, the yeah. officials as they were banning his brother-in-law but yeah I mean at what point did you think he was going to get away with that it was a Ben Botica-esque decision <laughs> in terms of its stupidity um, last thing last good from me Matt Ford a long time friend of this half of the pod Matt Ford hello Matt mm-hmm. said, pointed out that I think I found something for the good side of the ratings and it was a clip to Adam Zaruba for Canada oh, I mean, yes, this catching a kick-off against... versus Wales yeah. in the sevens this happened against Wales so it smarted a little bit but you just can't really you've just those of you who haven't seen it look it up I think Rugby Onslaught have got it I'll look at, at Rugby Onslaught on Twitter they've got it and it's yeah. it's a chip from the kickoff and Zaruba runs forward jumps in the air and catches the ball the end of the ball Ooh, in, in, in his left hand, hand. in his left hand without breaking his slide and it's not that he kind of cups it and brings it in he literally no. grips it in his left hand in midair and then it's, brings it in and pegs it for the line it's amazing must have hands like Fucking King Kong! I, it's yeah. I, I I've watched it a couple of times now, and you've just got to go. Yeah, fair enough. Whatever. Couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, right then, let's move on to shit, shall we? Yes. We already um, mentioned it, but Dan Carter playing when he was painfully unfit. Yeah. Uh, so I know it's Dan Carter, but seriously, what are Racing's coaches doing playing him when he was totally and utterly crocked? Clearly, from minute one, he's been crocked for weeks, and a large part of why they were so awful yesterday was that they spent sixty minutes with a ten. Who could barely run, barely kick, and was just above the level of a warm body in the defensive line. Like he's probably the best fly half of the professional era, but they That's should have had the conviction of carrying all that money around in his pants all well, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should have given it to Ali Williams, his bagman, to be carrying all his gold bullion. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think that he would have like they even if they'd have played Talis from minute one. I mean, they might not have been good with, as as good as they would have been with a. A fully fit but Dan Talis, Carter, but they Talis wouldn't. He's not as... a bad player, is he? No, he's, he's not. Like, he's like playing for France. I mean, not that that's saying much, given how mental they are at the moment. But it's not like they're replacing him with you know late period Stephen Myler, is it? You know, he's a... <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, they're a much worse team without him. I get that, but they should have the conviction and fortitude to go. You know what? He's not fit, and he's going to make the team worse this weekend. And they just didn't. Yeah. 
you never know what they, I always think when you've got these megalomaniac owners mm. it is one of those how much playing they? yeah never forget when have you ever seen that documentary of QPR when um, Flavio Briatore yes. took over yes that's and he sat in the stand saying that. if he doesn't put X player on within the next five minutes I'm sacking him on Monday morning <laughs> and somebody go and tell him and it's true they're, bo- yeah. they're bonkers these people yeah and then they, they are the people that are starting to interfere infiltrate with rugby, rugby. Yeah. yeah what's on your shit list Josh um Mike Brown. I mean, he's not been very good this season, but he was particular. Had a bit. Of I a think shock he's been showing up a bit for what he is this season. Yeah, and, which and is a had... decent player, but a limited one. Yeah, I mean, he got really badly shown up on Friday night. At least three occasions, I think, where Quinns could have scored a try, and he he absolutely fluffed it. I mean, that moment where they had a huge overlap out wide, and he decided to try a bafflingly bad cross kick. Um, <laughs> not the worst cross kick we saw that night, obviously, but. Um, <laughs> and he thought it was the worst but then I mean even when he put the kick through that led to Quinn's try it was a bad kick and the Montpellier covering player made an absolute hash of it and allowed Marlon Yard to touch down I mean Alex Goob was a bag of shit on the weekend as well to be honest with you but I don't see how you can pick Brown over him on form at the moment no. if you're Eddie Jones somebody once I think it was you in the World Cup when Goob was when um, sorry when um, Brown was playing quite well and somebody on Twitter said described mm. him as a phenomenal player and for me, that was one of the most archetypal examples of where these words are being overused. It was like, he really, <laughs> really, really, really isn't. No, he's a very He's a solid international... When he's on top form. Yeah, yeah, he's a solid international fullback. And he's no more than that. Hard, hmm. committed. Yes. You know, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, exciting at times, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Ford getting the sack shit for Tapper Day uh, just earlier on today. Yes, quite literally, just this afternoon. Yeah, um, I don't know I think, why you. I think player. I think he, he'd earned another season. I think because mm. it was getting better, and then it's hit a troublesome patch. If you look at Leicester, right, they've rode mm. out for them a difficult patch. They've kept Cockrell in charge, and they've brought in yes. majors to try and bring something else. Now it could have been. I think Ford maybe needed a little bit of assistance, but he wasn't doing something yes. so fundamentally badly wrong. I don't think. No, and I think, I mean, it's interesting. I noticed that um, Brennan Gallagher, the, the rugby journalist, said on, on Twitter just after he was sacked that, like, it will all come out, but you can't, like, we've been joking about this, but you can't underestimate how damaging to the dressing room and everything the whole Sam Burgess post World Cup fiasco was to the team. Because I get, it just, it I get the feeling everything. as well that Ford wasn't much to do with that. I don't think he was going. No, I don't think he, he was going out foist- to get him or anything like that. No, and it was almost like he had it foist upon him. Then he made the best of it as best he could. That's why they kept he kept playing him in a position that England didn't want him to. Yeah, if I'm having him, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. If with I'm going to have the, yeah, I'm going to put him where I want him to put him. And you know, he sort of built his team around, you know, him being better and him being there. And then all of a sudden. And I, as I imagine, as a presence in the dressing room, that was probably a big thing as well. Mm. You know, say what you like about Burgess's qualities as a rugby union player and how well that went. I don't think anybody can ever deny that he is an incredibly charismatic leader, and he probably had quite a lot to do with Bath mentally being in the right mm, shape last season. Cola. Maybe any, I mean, any I, I Bath fans out there got um, the inside track on Bath? Let us know about blood and murder. That's true because. Mm. It's a big statement, that. 
It is a big one, but I mean, you only got to look at what's happening. I've absence. been joking so, about I'm that sure all season, but actually, I think it's true. Yeah, we have been joking <laughs> yes. about it. I think there is definitely some truth in it, and also apparently this this now rolls the whole issue with George Ford into sharp relief because he's got a year left on his deal with Wasps, uh, with Bath rather. But there, there's allegedly, although apparently this might not be true, there's a clause that basically if his dad gets sacked, he's allowed to go somewhere else. <laughs> that can't um, be true. But there can't, there can't be a way well, you've sacked my that, dad. That, I'll go with my dad. You're not making me stay here if my dad's not staying here. That seems ridiculous. Basically, it does seem ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's not true, but that is the But there, you know. Him and his dad are incredibly close. They're incredibly close to the ground, short ass bastards. And yes, yes, they are both very short. But um, yeah, apparently there's going to be some serious smoothing over to be done with whoever Bath get in to coach the team now, because obviously you've just sacked his dad, and that is not what you really want with your starting flyer. <laughs> I didn't even trade him. Right, George, I want you to do this. He yeah. gets on his phone, Dad. He's making me do that drill that I don't want to what do. Is... Tell him. <laughs> yes, and I mean the the whole issue of fathers coaching sons, which seems to be quite a big thing in rugby. At the I coached my days, son at under seven, like under sevens coach, and he spent the entire time standing next to me, holding my hand, not wanting to play. I like to think that that's kind of what it was like at Bath, and maybe that's why Mike Ford's got the same because George yes. stood there holding his hand. Yeah, but. That's ex- it's exactly the same with Harry <laughs> Mallinder at, at Saints and and uh, and Ollie Robinson. I can't Bristol see Ross well, Moriarty being that like that son. if he was ever getting <laughs> No, I mean they probably just take turns they punching take turns each other in the face and live wolves, fell over. Basically, <laughs> uh, yes. So right. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so oh that's that. So um, that's, that's, yeah. I, I agree with you though I think it is perhaps a little bit harsh and a bit premature I don't see what they I mean they've obviously got a, a plan that they want to be back in the Champions Cup next season but I'm not sure how bringing in a whole new coaching team with a new with players that they won't have signed yeah bringing a new game plan and new tactics and I don't see how that gets the job well, done any quicker thought of Harlequins when that but, bloke fails sometime around uh, Christmas probably uh, anyway, yeah, probably. what's on your shit list there, Josh? Uh, now, you probably don't know the name, but uh, Sam Broster, who's uh, a player who plays for Macclesfield, used to be a Wasps household name. I think you don't know who he was. And, uh, he had, well, exactly. He had the dubious distinction of getting banned hey, for steroids. He has the dubious distinction um, of being a Welsh person, ban- a non Welsh person, banned for steroids. Which is, exactly. You know, it's a new day. and a, a New Zealand player got banned for steroids this week as well. It's like our week off. It's great, oh, yes. <laughs> um, it's not good, obviously, but um, the reasons that he had for it were pretty stunning. Um, he claims that the steroids got into his system through wait for it contaminated biltong. Mm. Yes. The, oh, yeah. The, the um, Alberto Contador yeah. defense. He said he had a the, he had a steak. Exactly that. I mean, caused him to have some steak. Yes, an Argentinian steak that gave him bloody HGH or something. I don't know. Um, Yes. Um, so yes, I suppose it is theoretically possible. But come on, how much contaminated biltong would you have to eat in order for enough steroids to be absorbed into your system to register a positive test? Yeah, I mean, it's that. You, really? you know, potatoes are actually poisonous to human beings, but you've got to eat like three yes, trucks this, worth this, this, for them to kill you. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's something along those lines. Exactly. Isn't it? It's how much biltong can you really be processing? And isn't it amazing that to, yeah, people no. always admit and accept that doping goes on? And it's a problem, but they only ever catch innocent people. 
it's, it's remarkable that isn't it it's such a an, an, an a remarkable fact that no one has ever been found guilty of doping and actually done it um, um I, yes so I mean come on the shit I've got oh, no. Haguara's discipline Copa. very quickly I mean they play some lovely rugby but they're dis- again oh, God, at the yeah, weekend awful, they lost because they gave a penalty away on the 22 in the last five minutes basically yes it's just something of a worrying theme isn't it um, my last uh, one I'm going to get a little bit ranty about this but um, Jared Hayne former ah, yes. NRL star um who then moved to the NFL last year um, didn't really work out he got cut by the 49ers um, at the end of the season and then on Sunday um, he announced that he was retiring from American football after not really being very good um, because he wanted to try and make the Fiji 7 yeah. squad for the Olympics now, I fumbled enough punts I feel he's fantastic. I should retire I can f- yes <laughs> go on. yes I have yeah it's just like he's a fantastic athlete and rugby player and and even though he's never played Union or Sevens before, I'm sure he'd be quite good at it. And Ben Ryan obviously thinks so because he's asked him to join the squad. But seriously, it's pretty shitty that, like, the NFL season finished at the end of December, right? So basically, Hayne has been doing nothing but really kicking his heels for the last five months, during which time there have been seven um, World Rugby Sevens tournaments played where he could have taken some part in it. And yet... And, you know, you look at players like Quay Cooper, Sonny Bill Williams, Francois Huard, Leonie Nakawara, they've all, at some time, gone and played sevens with their respective mm. Olympic like squad that they want to get into the Olympics for. But Hayne wasn't at any of them. Why? Like, if he had an Olympic dream, as he says, then why wasn't he chasing it from the second the NFL season finished? Why did he wait until the very last minute? I, th- I think it's, it's said, almost like it's us? bollocks, isn't it, what he's saying? <laughs> It's almost yeah. It's almost like it's absolute bollocks. It hasn't worked out for him in the NFL. And he woke up one morning and thought, "Oh, I fancy retiring and save, didn't Yeah, and he's he's basically retiring while saving face that he hasn't been a complete. And there's no shame in, in that. It was quite a big, um, quite a big chip. You know, it was a no, hell of a step over to do it. Yeah, it was a huge. Yeah, but he's doing it in a way that now is quite potentially from a proper game to the helmeted pantomime that is the NFL. It's not an easy move to make. Hey. Well, no, it's it's and they're very different skills, and he's you know, he's never played it before. But to to then as a get out clause to basically go, oh, I'll go and play in the Olympics in another sport that I've never played before. Like, fair enough, he'll probably be very good at it. But it's the fact that he's going to probably go there at the expense I, of a player that's probably been training and fighting for two years. I just, on a, yeah, if not on more, a very basic level, I don't understand how he can be better than what Fiji have. It's their national sport. Yeah, they, it's not like they've probably shit, got quite a sizable chunk of players they, are... they can choose from, haven't they? Yes, well, they 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 demonstrated that by yes. bringing in Nakawara and uh, what's his face, the Toulon winger, on the weekend from the 15s. It's like, oh Christ, it's almost yeah. not fair anymore. So yeah, to 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 throw Hayne in there at the expense of somebody that's actually played sevens in his life, I think is. Just a bit shit. Uh, wise, um, Neil Weber on Twitter came at Otoji from a slightly different angle. He said Otoji's actually shit because oh, really? he doesn't allow a five-minute bad period just so we can all feel a bit less inadequate. <laughs> and then <laughs> he obviously goes off and writes again. poetry, doesn't he? And and studies at the School of African he Studies does. because he's just ridiculously. He's, he, God, he is a, he he is was, a Renaissance he, man. He's out he was David, built in a lab. David Pocock. Except he doesn't try to choke people, which is a, which is which is which is a bonus. No, which um, is nice. Bruce got in touch yeah. on Twitter and, and said, "Shit, it must be any mm. rugby player filming himself in a car with his girlfriend singing Justin Bieber." Now I don't know who that is, 
but I think I can guess who that is. Because otherwise, why would it be brought to my attention? <laughs> I yeah, haven't I mean, seen it. So see, I'm... I, I, I try my best to insulate myself from the player that you're I talking just... about because honestly, I, I don't. It doesn't make my. I life just better said that I haven't seen it, which means but, um... that I am now going to get quite a few vines or whatever put at me at blood and mud on yes Twitter, yeah I? I think we all are james haskell and Richard singing and justin bieber probably in a range rover evoke just to I mean, finish off that kind of awful yes awful definitely. picture that's being painted <laughs> there is no way on earth that he doesn't a drive a range rover evoke you're quite right um yes definitely yeah so that's um, it from the shit bit i think shit good rater oh go on Larry. I, I do have one i'm not entirely sure whether to put this in shit or good and that is go for it Murad Bujalal Toulon arch lunatic uh, joined Twitter this weekend and that's going to end extremely well <laughs> oh that's going to be brilliant isn't I've it just at Murad RCT is his handle and uh, as proof of his um, this he's done one tweet that uh, wasn't a reply so far and it was a blurry picture of his own face from below in a car with a really fucking stupid expression on his face. So, was he singing Justin Bieber? Uh, he wasn't. Well, he might have been, but it was a picture, so I can't tell you. A sort of pound shop, Mura Bujalal, is Marwan Kukash, who owns Salt yes, and Red Devils. Yes, he very much is. He's on Twitter, and he is totally batshit. Yes. He tweets pissed and everything, and slags off the RFL, and just loses it completely. He's fantastic. So if Bujalal could just follow that mould, but obviously at a Bujalal level, yes, I mean, we're in for quite. Let's a be honest. He is definitely at a higher, higher level of insanity than than even that guy. So yes, let's find out. Let's yes. see how this goes. It could be very let's interesting. See how it goes. So I'm going to start following I him. I think Thank we you. all please, should. Please draw it to my attention on Twitter, <laughs> Josh. I, I will. And then let's. We're going to bring out only because there's a very famous anniversary this week. We're going to move on this week and and bring back you dirty get yes the you dirty get hall of infamy mm-hmm. where we celebrate famous acts of foul play from rugby's history. Some of which are funny, some of which aren't. Yes. This one I think is is yeah. funny, but but, but but well well it is. It, funny. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up trying to sort of be equivocal about it. It's it is it's, it's, it's for funny. me. It's all about the victim and that. It's all that, about that the victim because if you can call him that, I mean. This this weekend, it's exactly five years since uh, a young Manny Tuolangi absolutely lamped Chris Ashton in the Premiership <laughs> semi-final when Chris Ashton was playing for Northampton. So that's what we're celebrating a you dirty yes. this I mean, week. Now, yes, Manny was a very naughty boy and the entire thing was his fault, but there is no way on God's earth that I can't enjoy watching Chris Ashton get punched repeatedly in the head. If that makes me a bad person, I'm sorry I'm a bad person. When I reposted it on Twitter and on the Facebook page, I cannot tell you the overfrothing of joy which came from the people well, who exactly. follow on Twitter. I mean, people were properly chuffed about I seeing know, it I know, it delighted me when I saw So let's not forget, this was 2011. This was the year of the Ash Splash. This was the year that he yes, first was, started course, to yes. obnoxiously inflict this particular brand. Was that was that the year he scored four tries versus yes, Italy? Yes, yeah. Together, it, this was when was, he was inflicting it? that sort of showboating ignor- uh, arrogance on the world. And as a non-England fan, I can't explain to you just how satisfying it was to see him get a seven bells smashed out of him by his own teammate. Um, and the remarkable thing was that the touch just decided that it was six and one and a half dozen of the other and sent them both off. 
I mean, Ashton did kind of shove him a little bit. Yes. Uh, let me... There was a bit of niggle, but then Ashton, but then Manu yeah. went full on Hulk smash, Ash- basically. Ashton shoved him, which is a totally legitimate reaction, given that Tuilagi had tried to take his fucking head off with the tackle just milliseconds before. But yeah, I mean... It was... When you watch the video, actually, it's actually a really quite appalling pose. Oh, yeah. In that it's of a very low quality. Yes. Because he kind of turns his head away and his shoulders in front of his arm when he actually, yes. you know, he loses all the momentum, which is probably a very good uh, good thing yes. for Chris. Because if he caught him he might on the have button him. with his ball, yeah. well, I think his head would have landed back in with Yeah, well, it just shows quite how much power Manu is is capable of unleashing in that it was such a shit punch and the power on that connection is just, <laughs> you sort of, ooh. But yes. There were the usual Twitter pleasantries after, which has become the kind of handshake in the clubhouse of the digital age isn't it because they're all they're all ushered past the media onto the bus now they can't really have a drink and shake no hands, which is very they sad have to, they have to do it on twitter but at least they do it on twitter yeah, at least they do it publicly other yes exactly there's still there's still a bit of the culture there so there you go yes a, a fond memory for most people Definitely. really but unless you're chris ashton i would imagine that's probably an unless you're chris ashton i'm sure he laughs about sure it as much as he does, does seem like a total cock i think he can laugh at himself chris ashton I think so too, yeah. And uh, and he probably does laugh about it now. So there you go. The you dirty get for this week. A uh, little memory for you was mm-hmm. was was Manu giving Ashton a punch. Manu was nineteen then. Yeah. Nineteen. Imagine a hardy punch. <laughs> yeah, that little bit, that man bulk behind him. Yeah. Uh, right then, very quickly then, Josh, before we finish up, let's have a look. Yes. At, let's try and have a quick prediction for the playoffs, which are coming up this weekend. Um, yes. It's the. Pro 12 and the well, the top 14 finishes sometime in October, doesn't it? I think I it feels so, like it. Yes. Is it the middle of June or something? I believe me. Uh, something stupid like That's, that. Yeah. Well, Bougelard's got his knickers in a knot about uh, half penny, isn't it? He certainly has. And he'll be yes. tweeting about that. Oh, I hope he does. I hope he starts slagging oh, WRU off. Exactly. Oh, this is going to be slag great. Everyone off is going to be so good. And I hope it'll be so. sort of half broken English or something. It'll be fantastic. Oh, that would be great. Anyway, Saracens play anyway, Leicester yes. on Saturday. Yes. I mean, it all depends on quite. Ha- like. Are they? They expended so much sort of effort and energy and emotion to win a European final. It's like it takes a pretty special effort to keep that intensity up for another two weeks. I think, and they can only beat like, themselves, though. I think. Which is yeah, a- and I'm saying that though, we know that Saris are not actually human. They're all cyborg automatons controlled by a malevolent supercomputer in the bowels of Allianz Park. So they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll yeah, win. They'll be, they'll be plugged back into the. Uh- into the Matrix charging system and be good to go. Yes. Yeah. They'll probably score loads of tries this week just to rub it in. Just as to well. show they can play where they want to on the artificial yeah. pitch with the sun shining. They'll be they'll be away, which yeah. they probably will. And fair do some because they, yeah, they, they are absolutely probably will. the best team in Europe. A good so, rugby team. You know. Yes. Um, and speaking of good rugby, uh, Wasp Exeter is probably going to be the most entertaining. Well, if it's game anything the like the other games they've had this season, it should be an absolute blinder, shouldn't it? Yeah. Well, the exception of that one where they went to Sandy Park a couple of weeks ago because they were absolutely dog shit then. Um, but hopefully it'll be an entertaining game um, by Carnsey Blast Exeter at Sandy Park. I mean, I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't bet against them against pretty much anyone. Nobody expected Was to do this this season anyway, though, did they? No, this is all. They, can't, I mean, they won't want they? to lose, of course, but they no. can't. You can't complain. They can't complain about what they've achieved this season. No, I think they've they've definitely made massive strides, and and clearly with the recruitment that they've got going on next season, they're going to be expected to be winning things. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, over Speaking in, of that. Speaking of that, it's a bit of a shame that Beale got injured, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. That is an absolute... I pisser. wonder whether they don't have clauses... Because when Man United tried to sign Van Nistelrooy and he did his knee, mm. they then didn't sign him. 
Yes. So you've got to wonder what kind of claws they've got in the contract, or whether they want him so badly they'll carry him for a year. Yeah, well, I mean, they them. reckon that he's only four to six months, so he could be back sort of Christmas time easy. That's true. So, yeah. yeah I Imagine mean, what him and Cipriani are going to do. Oh, got Let a lot loose of... in Coventry. <laughs> That's the thing. The, the saving grace is that it's Coventry, and you can't do anything to make Coventry nightlife worse than it already is. So they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. I think they've signed them together as a kind of deliberate ploy. And they're going to keep them in a kind of Truman Show style artificial reality in a warehouse somewhere where they, they think they're going out to clubs and they yes. think they're texting women when actually it's all been completely controlled. Yes, in actual fact, they're just going to Weatherspoons in the centre of Coventry and that's about as yeah. exciting as and it is. Yeah, you know, and they can text whoever they want and it's not really a woman that they're texting. No, just... and, the bus, and the buses are made out of sponge so Cipriani <laughs> won't hurt himself when he's hit by one and stuff like that. And all the burger anyway. bars are open until four in the morning. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, with no drinking. Yes. Um, spe- yeah, in the sorry. Pro 12 then, yeah, we got diverted there. Um, it's just, I think they're probably going to be two probably more competitive games. Um, Ulster going to Leinster while Glasgow travelling to Connacht. Um, I wouldn't bet against a pair of away wins there, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't also look quite resurgent. Mm. And Leinster oh, definitely, yeah. Seem to be on, they've basically been... This kind of shit, good shit, good binary thing. Yes. For periods all season, it seems knows? like they're, they're, in, they're in the kind of shit zone again. It does seem a little bit like that. Um, and then Glasgow winning a Connacht. I mean, they'll have to play a lot better than they did a fortnight ago when they lost um, out in Galway. But they were very uninspired in losing there on the last day of the season. And if the weather's not quite as shit, I can see them sneaking it. You know. Yeah, but surely they won't have somebody doing an Eddie Honda, E Honda head diving, flying yeah. head well, tackle that's, again. That's the they? thing. Yeah, they played with fourteen men for best part of half an hour so yeah I, I, that said it's still a brave man that bets against Connacht and Galway so that one is really a coin flip for me but I've, I've got a feeling about Ulster against Leinster Connacht Ulster be a good final I think I think so yeah definitely so we've gone for so this is who you know is going to lose we've yeah. gone for Saracens yep. Exeter yep. Ulster and yep. Connacht yeah why not Josh we've reached the end of another hour we have indeed doesn't it fly uh, thank you very much all of you for listening please get in touch at Blood and Mud if you've got anything you want to tell us or at Josh Definitely. Gardner if you want to tell Josh something Indeed. Uh, have a look at Rugby Shirtwatch for Josh's lovely Sunwolves uh, review and uh, we're going to finish as we always do with The Loop the world's first and only uh, rugby related playlist which is now available on Spotify Ooh. go to the Loop page on the web and I'll share it on Twitter again where you oh, can yes. sign up and subscribe this week I'm I'm taking a into sort of what would you call this Starbucks Background music Americana. This is something yeah, to look forward to, isn't basis, it? But yeah, it's coffee shop core. <laughs> it's uh, Strong Enough by Sheryl Crow Ooh. from the Tuesday Night Music Club album, which has quite a few rugby related tracks in it. I could have chosen Ooh. a few. There's, well, there's Run Baby Run, which would be all right, yes, but I've done too many run related yeah. ones recently. Yeah, yeah. There's All I Want to Do is Have Some Fun, mm-hmm. which with Beale coming back into town and casting yeah. the only man of work. But anyway, I've gone for Strong Enough. Um, hope you enjoy it uh, um, again you can suggest songs for the loop if you if you feel like you need to or would like to yeah. or tell us to stop doing it if it's really getting on your tits I'm not bothered <laughs> either way Josh it's been a pleasure As we'll ever. see you next week awesome um, when we'll know who the finalists are yes take care, we will mate. take care mate. bye
Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.